Hey, Lab Rats. This is Jessica. And this is Kendra. You're listening to Lucid, Lucid Lab. Lab. This is Lab Reports number three. We're doing it again. We still have not figured out the cadence. Yeah. <laughs> how we're going to do this. <laughs> exactly. We talked last time. I think we're going to do it every six weeks. But yes, right now, this has only been four weeks just because we had taken so long to start doing them again. We had more stories we wanted to share. Yes. And we got a good response from our last lab report. Yeah. So, And it was so fun. Yes. But yeah, after I got to thinking about it, I'm like, well, we shouldn't <laughs> have it every four weeks because we only do one a week. And that would be meaning that we only have three main episodes each month. And right. So we're going to try for the six weeks in between and see what happens. Yeah. You guys let us know. Send feedback. This week was weird because it was like half hot and then half all rain. It's finally now the fall we were talking about because I think we jumped the gun last time. I know. We <laughs> get like, so oh, excited. It's getting fall. And then it got really hot again. And I'm like, like, oh, I need my shorts. Right up until I think Halloween, we kind of fluctuate right. back and forth. And yep. then it gets cold and all the leaves fall off and it's winter. Halloween is either a nice fall day or it's snowing. So one of the two happens. But I feel like I'm full on in the Halloween spirit. So on Friday night, we didn't record because I had an event to go to in Denver mm-hmm. and it was at a cat cafe. It was actually at the cat cafe that me and my child adopted our little cat from. Toffee. I know I need to get there someday <laughs> because now it's like a second home to you guys. It's so cool. And I've given them a shout out on here before, but it's Teddy Cat Cafe and they were doing a tarot night. And so they brought in a tarot reader and they had like fall treats and they had little arts and crafts. We painted some pumpkins. So it got me into like the fall spirit. She had like all the pumpkin brownies and spice cider and things like that. That sounds so fun. It was so (laughs) much fun. And it was, you know, a bunch of cat ladies. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like all your favorite things in one place. That's really cool. And I got a tarot reading, which I hadn't done in like six months. It was just a one card pull. Mm -hmm. I still have not done one. Not officially. Okay. Next time. Time there's a because I think she does this like every couple of months. I'll drag okay. you along. We also got this cute little goodie bag. I meant to bring it to show it to you, but it was just it had like <laughs> stones and fun along. things. You don't have to drag me along. Drag you to see cats and <laughs> get your tarot card <laughs> exactly, and maybe do some arts and I crafts. Sh- I've been wanting to say I love how you embraced being a cat lady because you never had one before. I never had one, and, and now- you're now you're just perfect at it. So good job. <laughs> Next time I'll be over here with like a cat shirt or something. Okay. Anyways, I did this tarot reading and I just went in and she was like, I don't do a predictive reading. She's like, I focus on like what you need to know kind of a thing. Like she's not telling the future. Okay. She's just talking about like where you are in the moment. Right. Or or she would answer a specific question. And I was like, I don't really have a specific question. I like to just pull a card and see what the universe needs to tell me. And so I pulled the card and it was the four of wands. Okay. Which is the party card apparently. (laughs) Because and they were cat tarot cards, of, of course. course. So it had little cats like <laughs> dancing with like That's like a little cute. banner above them, like they were at a Jewish wedding. Oh, you know what I that love, looks like. I love tarot <laughs> cards and how different they are for every. I know. First deck. of all, I was like, I need this deck. <laughs> Uh, she said usually that is told by a lot of other readers that it's like a wedding or some kind of celebration coming up but she's like I don't see it that way specifically she's like I think this is just a sign that you're in a time of your life where you need to just be comfortable going out and spending time doing things that you love with people that you love and she said that um, because it's wands that represents fire she's like it's also a time to embrace your creativity yeah yeah 
And she also said the four in numerology means like safety and security. So Mm -hmm. she's like, find your people basically that you feel safe with and tribe, let it out, be yourself, be creative. And I was like, I like this card. Yeah. I always enjoy getting creativity in a reading because I'm like, oh, good. That means I'll be okay for the podcast. (laughs) I know. I feel like. You know, my first tarot reading had a lot to do with the podcast. This one, I didn't say anything about it. I didn't say what it was. And I also feel like in my regular work life, you know, I've just had this change I've talked about and I get to be more creative in my paid job right now, too. So it's like all coming together and I'm feeling good moving into the fall season. That's good. And creativity to me, too, when you see that in a reading, that also means that I'm getting over other hurdles because I can't get to a point of creativity unless I have the space in my mind to be there. So that means you're going to finish everything else and you'll get to a point of relaxation because then that's when your creativity flows. It's true. Yes, it can come from like extreme stress sometimes that you have to put it together. Not often. But at the, at the same time, like I stew in it for a second and I can spit out 20 pages of something yeah. out of nowhere. I love when I'm in that mood because then I feel like more like myself outside of work and even the podcast and other things like that. That's what I do like to do. If I were to get down to having no work, I could write all day and yeah. you know, come up with stories. And that's what you would like to do. Fun. Someday a book. I mean, it's one of my biggest dreams. And I think I mentioned at one point, mom, I promise I'm going to write my mom's memoir. Oh, that's sweet. This week, a blur again, but we went to a birthday party yesterday for our friend Elizabeth's daughter. Yes, we did. That was my daughter's like best friends with her daughter. I do not know how Elizabeth always coordinates such a good party. Well, the weather. She gets really lucky (laughs) every single year. (laughs) It was literally raining all week. Right. And then yesterday it It was was just a perfect ray of sunshine and like what, 75, 80 degrees. (laughs) She just gets lucky. Thank you, universe, because she does put a lot of effort into it and it would be really crappy. She does figure out rain. It was a good time. And she always has the most amazing cakes. I tell her that's the main reason I go because my kids are obviously way older. Yeah. So they don't come with me. I go by myself. I'm just like the surrogate aunt <laughs> that yeah. shows up to eat the cake. And well, now you have me there. And now I have Jessica <laughs> to hang out and talk with. So it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. And but we stole all the good chairs. We did. All the main group of friends. <laughs> and then we promised each other we wouldn't get caught up in staying too long because we both had things to do. We did. I guess let's jump into some I'm good so excited stories. to do lab reports again. <laughs> so these are fun episodes for us because we just get to read your stories. And, and we, we get don't... to hear from some of you. Yeah. And it gives us that extra confidence and boost that we need because we really have to push ourselves each week to every make week. this happen. <laughs> Every week, every day, every night. So what's the first story? So I will start. Okay. And I've got just a short little one. And I want you guys to know, don't be intimidated. You know, we choose stories. But like, if you want to send just a paragraph, we're happy with that. You don't don't feel like you have to write a full long narrative of your story. We love just short comments and paragraphs and yeah. just like, hey, look at what happened here. We will read them all. Even if you just have something to say, we'll read it. Maybe it's not a story. Maybe you have an opinion on something that we've talked about. Most of the time we're choosing these stories based on titles. So I don't know if you want to put some effort into something, make it the title. 
because yeah. we'd want to genuinely react to these. So we don't want to read them ahead of time. Right. Sometimes we by accident skim a little bit because we're trying to move it from one <laughs> file location to another file location so we can record. But anything. Yeah. I was realizing last lab report because they were so good. Yeah. I'm like, I hope people don't think it needs to be that extravagant each time. But maybe we just have really extravagant listeners. I don't I don't and, know. And this can be your outlet if you are a creative writer exactly. and you're like, I don't have anything else that I can. Put I honestly don't care into. if it's made up. If you have a really good story you want to send it in I'll read it so I'm going to start with one because one of our most popular episodes it keeps coming up every day that we look I feel like somebody's listening to Queen Mary yeah I know it's always just this random burst of extra listens some days it's weird that one draws a lot of people and we got an email about it and so I wanted to read it because it was specifically titled spooky times on the Queen Mary okay (laughs) and I was like this caught my attention because I know that a lot of you guys have been listening to this episode specifically So this email came from Adam. He's 32 years old, and he said we can use his name and age. Hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much. Is that our first age? I can't remember. (laughs) I don't know. He put it like in (laughs) when he signed it. He didn't put it in there. Yeah, it's kind of Hi, Adam, 32. (laughs) (laughs) He like wanted us to know. I guess because we've mentioned before, we are we wonder like what our demographic is. We do. So, so yes. thank you. If you want to include your age in the future, let us know. But don't feel like you have you to don't have either. To. But we are curious. Yes. So he just said, hey there, I came across a couple of videos you had on TikTok about the Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. I'm glad to know our TikTok is reaching some of you guys. We love TikTok. Yes. Anyways, I came across a couple of videos you had on TikTok about the Queen Mary. And being that I grew up in SoCal, I downloaded and listened to the episode. You provided new information I had not heard before, Ooh. specifically about Disney owning the ship for a while. Yeah, that was news to me, too. I remember that. I don't think a lot of people knew that. I, I found yeah. that like in some deep, dark <laughs> corner of the Internet. Anyways, <laughs> Disney doesn't want that. Disney there, I don't did think. not want to no. be attached to it. <laughs> I looked through your other episodes and downloaded all the ones you had about haunted places, really enjoyed The Shining Hotel and the true story of Amityville. I will never think of that story in the same way now. Oh, yeah. Me either. (laughs) None of us will. (laughs) You kind of ruined it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin it. (laughs) Took away all the spookiness. (laughs) So I'm Adam. And like I mentioned, I live in SoCal area and I have been to the Queen Mary several times. Mm, Jealous. I am too. I've been zero times. Yes. (laughs) About six years ago, I had some family in town and they wanted to go see the Queen Mary. So we thought it would be fun to book the ghost tour. Why not? It was me, my cousin, her husband and their teenage kids. So it seemed like a fun way to spend a few hours. Yeah. And Long Beach is awesome. I want every excuse to go to Long Beach. Right. And ghost tours are just fun. Even if you don't believe in ghosts, like they just are really fun to go on. I've been on a few. So good for you guys. I had never gone on the ghost tour. Usually I've just been there for dinner, having a cocktail, or just the regular historical tour. This ghost tour was pretty full, and we tried to stick to the back of the group as we moved from room to room so we weren't crowded. They did take us into the pool area, which you mentioned quite often in the episode. So if you guys remember the pool area, I think oh, yeah. was where everybody Jackie, died. I'm just kidding. It was like where all the ghosts hung <laughs> right. out. Like they liked the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. It's a social area. Yeah. When we entered into that large area, I can't explain exactly what it was, but there was an energy shift. Kind of like when the hair on the back of your neck stands up, just something's a little off. Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. He said, as we were standing there listening to the tour guide tell the story of the several ghosts that are thought to reside in this area, I felt something that I really cannot explain. 
It felt like when someone accidentally bumps into you because they aren't paying attention when walking like in a line. So yeah. I turned around and absolutely no one was behind me. My cousin and her family were standing over to the side. So there's no way any of them came up from behind me. There was no door or hallway behind me at this point for it to have been like a breeze or anything. So I really have no explanation, but I know what I felt. And it felt like somebody bumping into me. You were in his way. <laughs> he has the same he walks the same circle Maybe. around the ship every day and there's no time to it and you're just in his way he, he had to go looking. through you <laughs> it kind of sounds like it Adam anyways that's my story from the Queen Mary uh. sorry it's not so long I do hope to go back one day now that it is back open after COVID and I want to stay in one of the rooms yeah I mean who knows maybe I attract ghosts and one will come Maybe. back out to play yeah <laughs> Thank you both for listening to my story and keep those episodes coming, especially the ones about haunted places. I would go back and just stand exactly where you were last time. And if you wait there long enough and it happens again, then you did. You're just in his way. <laughs> he's just on a <laughs> he's cycle. on a he's on an endless loop. <laughs> well, thanks, Adam. That was a Thank fun you. story. Yeah. I love hearing about places that are haunted and hearing. Oh, it's true cool stories. to hear about yeah. things we've talked about and people that have been there. Mm hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Alrighty. So this one says, good afternoon from the UK. Ooh, the UK. I know. It's our first out of states listener. Okay. I'm going story. to listen to this story with an accent because I love Damn it. But now British I'm going to want to talk like that and I can't do that right. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little more wine. Maybe you can. So, ooh, our friend Shannon. I don't know if you guys have looked on socials, but Shannon is our Vegas She's one of girl. our Vegas friends. Well, yeah. she's our friend, not for, just from Vegas. <laughs> but <laughs> we, we went her. to Vegas no. for her birthday. Yes. So this is from her friend. So this is a little bit closer to us. Shannon introduced me to your podcast, and I'm thankful she did. Me Yay. too. Thank Shannon. you, Shannon. <laughs> I enjoy your topics and find them engaging. I recently told her a story and she told me that I should share it with you too. Yes, okay. always. Thank you for listening to your friend, Shannon, yes. and sharing your story. If you have a good friend and they say, listen to Lucid Lab, I think it's the best That's your best friend. That should be your ever. best friend forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a name and an email, but I don't know if we can say his name yet. So I'll just read the email. I have been an aircraft mechanic in the Air Force for almost 17 years. Wow. And have been stationed in the UK for the past four years. Oh, so no British wow. accent. Nope. He's just He's an American us. dude, okay, but that's good. fine. I went to a NATO base in Orland, Norway for work this previous February. I want to go. I want to go to Norway. That was my dream at some point. I was like, maybe I should go to the military just so I can travel the world. Yeah, but all the other but, stuff yeah. that's involved. The purpose was to do a site survey for an exercise. The team was myself, another mechanic, and two pilots. We met with base leadership to ensure they had all the equipment we needed to tour the facilities and to ensure that they had proper security for our aircraft. The base is a fantastic mixture of World War II and modern buildings. Wow, I'm picturing it. Our guide took us to the building our people would be working out of, Building 1. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> building 1 is off the north side of the runway and dates back to World War II. It is a two-story building with narrow hallways, a kitchen, and five small offices. In true European fashion, the building is cramped and rickety, but it has a charm that you find throughout Europe. We toured the facility and determined it would meet our needs to work out of. And the guys in Norway are like, ooh, this wait till cool. you find out what's it's in the like building. like in the movies. Yes. After touring the building, we ate lunch and went to a beautiful lounge where we met the officer in charge of base security. 
He asked our tour guide where he had taken us and where we would be working out of. There was a strange silence and our tour guide became mum. Mm. They said building one. Building one. His face was like, oh, <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. We tore that down years ago. <laughs> He's like, you don't want to go there. Hopefully I'm not. Sorry, we're jumping, ahead. jumping way ahead. He turned to the base security officer and said, they will be working out of building one. <laughs> Immediately, we could see panic come over the security officer's face. And in a shaky voice, he asked, did you tell them? Uh Uh-oh. Tell them what? To which the tour guide responded, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, wait a minute. Can we change our mind? (laughs) What are you going to tell us? It's our only option, okay? (laughs) Was there some gruesome murder there? What's going on? Then the two men switched to speaking Norwegian. Oh, Oh, that's always a bad sign. (laughs) And they're like fighting with each other in another language. (laughs) Twist. One of them speaks Norwegian too. (laughs) That would be amazing. Probably not though. Not a common language you learn in school (laughs) and in America. No. (laughs) I could sense the tension between the two men and could not resist asking, okay, what the hell's going on? Uh, Good for you. They stopped talking to each other and the tour guide responded to me, sir, at night, your men may notice strange things happening in building one. Oh. Doors will open and close. Items will be thrown on the floor. And if they have food in the kitchen cupboards, they'll be thrown on the floor. Well, that's not very nice. Without hesitance, I grinned and responded, Sir, you're telling me that the building is haunted. (laughs) In unison, both men answered, yes. Okay. What's yes in Norwegian? I don't know. I don't know either. They should have told them that might make them all more excited to move into building one. You don't know these guys. Who knows how tired they were. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't need ghostly adventures right now. I just need some sleep. At this point, all four members of my team laugh. I should have restrained more, but I could not help trying to lighten the mood with a joke. Well, it could be worse. It could be a Nazi ghost. Oh. Both men looked at me stone-faced and the security officer said, Sir, this was a Nazi base. Oh, shit. (laughs) Shit, shit, shit. (laughs) That NATO took over after World War II. Oh, no. (laughs) Once again, without restraint and with laughter, I blurted out, Oh, shit. (laughs) We're on the same line of thought. It's a Nazi ghost. The Americans were the only ones laughing. Oh, my God. That's typical of us. We're just like, whatever. When we got back to the UK, I told our team leads that would be going to the exercise in the next couple of weeks about the ghost and let them decide whether they wanted to tell their crews about the Nazi ghost. They chose not to say anything to the graveyard shift workers. Oh, that's an interesting decision. Are they going to videotape them or? Yeah. Are they using this for their own enjoyment? (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) After the first night, the graveyard shifters reported to their team leads that the workers thought that the building was haunted. Okay. The team leads told the workers what I told them and everyone laughed. (laughs) I love that they didn't tell them. And then they came back and were like, it feels haunted. Yeah. Because that like kind of makes it more real. Right. The team nicknamed the ghost Hans and would talk to him, but had no problems with him. He liked Americans more than Norwegians. Or maybe they chose the right name and his name was Hans and he appreciated that they called him by his first name. Wow. He's like, they know me. They understand me. (laughs) As the Norwegians had told us, Hans would open and close doors and throw items on the floor, but never did any actual harm. Before this experience, I did not believe in ghosts, but my mind has changed. So that's my Orland Norway Nazi ghost story. I hope I've done it justice. Once again, I thoroughly enjoy your podcast. It's incredibly entertaining and insightful. Very respectfully, Tony. Aw, thank, thank you, you Tony. Tony. That yeah. was a great story. It was cool. It was like a bit of history yes. like, involved. And it was from overseas. Yay. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll have to shower Shannon with more love. Yes. Okay. And Tony, we like you because if you're friends with Shannon, you have to be cool. You have to be cool. 
So my next story is titled True Crime Magnet. Okay. Magnet on a fridge or just attraction, I guess. <laughs> Magnet. I don't know. Let's read the story. She doesn't say her name or anything. Maybe she says it in the story, so I'm not going to say anything right now. I'm assuming it's a she just based on the email. Okay. <laughs> <We> yeah, keep, <laughs> I know. We keep assuming things. What if it's like a kid sending from their mom's email or something? I don't That's know. That's true. You never know where it's coming from. It says, Lucid Lab, ladies. Writing into a podcast is not something I'm known to do, but after binging your show this summer, uh-huh. I wanted to send something along to say hi. Yay. I love your show, and I also share a strange affliction I have of attracting true crime wherever I go. Oh. Ooh. Like the two of you, I am a Coloradoan. Oh. Is that how you say a Coloradoan? I don't know. Cool. <laughs> I mean, we live here, but I think so. But I'm not a native, and anyone from Colorado okay. knows how important that can be. <laughs> Neither am I, you know, but I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. So. Same, but I'm not a native either, and, yeah. and you get some people that would snub you for that here. Almost 20 years I've been here. I've been here 14. I moved to Colorado in my teenage years, so I claim it. And okay. who really... <laughs> And who it's really, yours. <laughs> it's yours. We're, we're with you, girl. Or I think girl. <laughs> and who really wants to say they are from Nebraska anyways? Nobody. And then in quotation, That's says, where I almost died. <laughs> in parentheses, she says, sorry, dad. Oh. <laughs> so I guess her dad's from Nebraska. You know, small town, hometown feels Nebraska, but. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I got bit by the Black Widow. Oh. About me. I am Jenna. Yes, you can use my name. Okay. Hi, Jenna. But it might not even be my real name. Who knows? Okay. Ooh, <laughs> mystery. Okay, Jenna. We see you. I'm a current grad student living in Utah, about to begin my last year. Ooh. I came across your podcast as I was looking for shows talking about lucid dreaming, Ooh. which actually applies to some of my work at school. Ooh. I'm in the psychology department. Ooh, interesting. Hmm, I'm I'd love to hear more about that. I listened to your first episode in July while driving from Utah to Colorado to visit family. With hours and hours in the car, I just... That's a long drive. Yeah, it is. It's like, what, 15 hours or something? I just kept going and ended up at lucky number episode 13, the story of Michaela. Oh. I agree with your thoughts, and I side with the family there. Something suspicious is going on. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, definitely. So why am I writing in? I was back at my mom's house for the summer and looking out my bedroom window, and I saw the house next door, and it reminded me of the crime that was committed there just two years ago. It got me thinking how often I have been connected to these types of stories in my short life and wondering how many more I might see. Hopefully this is the last. We're hoping for you, Jenna. (laughs) (laughs) She said, I believe the main reason I find myself drawn to psychology now as my field of study is due to the many close calls I've had in my life. It's like the universe is grabbing my face and telling me to listen up, pay attention, bad things happen. (laughs) Yeah. All I can think is why, why does this keep happening? The first one I recall was all over the nightly news when I was just six years old. A well-known couple in the area right outside of Lincoln, Nebraska, was brutally murdered in their home on Easter Sunday. I feel like hearing this story so often back then on the news and the adult discussions around me gave me a new outlook. It kind of shattered my sense of complete safety. Oh, no. We lived in a rural Nebraska. We didn't lock our doors. Yeah. We left the keys in the car. Right. Kids wandered freely. Me and my older brother often did. We would visit the neighbors, goats and chickens, just one house down. We lived on a dirt road. Yeah. I literally have stayed in Dirt Road, Nebraska, where there was one stop sign and everybody is just spread out. This was a place where everybody knew everyone and you had no reason to be afraid of bad things happening. But when the Stock family murder happened, things changed. 
Woodstock family. We'll have to look this up. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, if you have a personal connection or you're just from the city or you just yeah, know maybe something and we haven't covered it, maybe we'll go into it more and do an episode or something. Yeah, I'll have to look into this. When the Stock family murder happened, things changed. Mom and dad didn't let us go too far outside of the front yard. We began locking a deadbolt on the door each night. Mm -hmm. With one crime committed, life was altered for the whole community. Well, forever. That makes sense, though. I think this happens to a lot of us. She said it took a while for them to find out who killed the stocks. Okay. It finally came out that it was two random people from Wisconsin. Yeah, that's scary. Just stopping in a house looking to rob the owners. And somehow it ended up in this 50 something couple being murdered by shotgun. (sighs) Fuckers. Okay, I can see why that was. Yeah. I remember hearing, I feel like it was a murder that happened in my grandma's hometown. Mm. I was probably about eight or nine, and I remember it kind of shaking me up. So I can kind of relate to this. You weren't expecting your neighbors to be murdered by random people. Right. So and now mm. you lock your doors. Yep. So fast forward to 2011, and my mom is done with my dad. <laughs> Let's <laughs> just <happens>. say... <laughs> Let's just say he wasn't the best partner to her and he wouldn't have won any awards for dad of the year. Okay. But I still love him. Yep. She said, he's better now. My parents were just very young when they had me and my brother. Mm, Makes sense. And then she put in parentheses, love you both, mom and dad. (laughs) Oh, that's We won't tell mom and dad who you are. Maybe she's going to want to. You're from a small town. Maybe she's like, I made it to the podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe this is a big deal. I moved with my mom to Colorado where her family is around to help support her. Okay. We stayed right outside of Denver with my aunt and cousins for a few months until we could find our own place. So I'm now around age 11. I'm going through my tomboy era mixed with a little edgy emo. Okay. Same. (laughs) Couldn't get enough of Hot Topic, colored (laughs) hair, and my chemical romance. You know what my biggest thing was at Hot Topic? What? They kind of were annoyed with me because they used to have these plastic kind of jar things. And I would sit there for like an hour going through all the little mini buttons. Oh, yes. (laughs) Because I had this like purse bag thing that had hundreds of buttons on it. And so I would sit there and look Look for all the buttons that I wanted. And they're like, can you move? Like we're trying to check people out. (laughs) I was just doing that the other day with my kid at Flatirons. Uh, We were at the Apple store getting our iPad fixed and we had time to kill and we were in Hot Topic because, you know, I have a 16 year old. (laughs) Yeah. And and we were digging through those bins because pens are real popular right now. When I was packing up to move here, I found that bag. Oh, I want to see it. It's kind of dirty. But it's still all covered in my buttons. (laughs) I love it. She says, I'm about to start junior high when the summer is over. So she just moved to Colorado. Okay. There is a movie coming out at the time, The Dark Knight Rises, that fit right in with my outlook on life. Gotham City, Batman, Catwoman, the full thing. I had already seen the first two movies and I was stoked to go see the new one. This was still back in the days where you would show up to the movies and wait in line for tickets. None of that picking your seat ahead on the app (laughs) bullshit we have today. (laughs) Right. I mean, it does take away a bit of the feeling of the movie. It kind of does. So I was going with my brother. I'm underage and so is he. He's 16. So we can't get into an R-rated movie alone. So we have to wait until my mom can go. I remember us begging her to go to the first showing, which was at midnight on July 20th. But my mom had worked all day and it just wasn't going to happen. She promised to take us the next day. But that day never happened because of a crazy man in a gas mask opening fire on those there to watch that midnight showing, one of the worst mass shootings in history. I was supposed to go to that show. I was married at the time. We were having an argument. I decided that I was going to go by myself. That's crazy. And we were in the middle of this argument and something happened. He knew I was going to go. Like it was known that I was going to go to the movie and I didn't. Saved you. 
that argument saved my life, quite possibly. It sounds like her mom saved them because her mom was like, no, I've been working all day. I'm tired. We'll go tomorrow. It's so crazy how the universe You hear the stories with 9-11 and everything yeah. like that. Back to her. She said, many people were injured. 12 people died. Lies forever changed. And none of us can sit comfortably in a dark theater years later because of this one asshole. Yeah. Who I won't even name because he doesn't get that. I'm glad you're still here. Me too, and your Jenna. Brother. And your mom. Yeah. Because she would have had to take you. This is just taking me back to when this happened because I think everyone in Colorado felt it. Yeah. And he was a student. The theater where this happened, it was the same one my brother and I had visited around five times since moving to Colorado. It was where we would have waited in line to see the movie on Friday with my mom if she had wanted to go. So tragedy number two, I'm only 12 and the world feels a lot more grim. Sure does. Two years later, we moved about an hour north of Denver. My mom can afford a townhouse and not just an apartment for us if we move there. It's a decent sized town and I like it there. Lots of new friends in the neighborhood. I'm starting eighth grade and biking to and from school each day on my own. My dark emo phase is still there. I have perfected my cat eye and dark lip. I still have (laughs) not. I haven't either. I wish I could. I'm begging my mom almost every day for a nose ring, but she's not budging. Get a fake one, the magnetics, but then you, I just imagine those are hot topic. I know, but I just imagine someone like sniffing too hard and it fall out. No, sucking up the magnet into your nose. We are one week into school. It's going to be the best year ever. Counselors are called in. Teachers are whispering to one another. Oh no. We hear from our advisory room teacher that there has been a tragedy. A 13 year old boy from our school, one grade below me. I don't recognize his name. He has died struck by a train. (gasps) Oh, my God. We come to find out later it was suicide. Life feels bleak again. Time to make that eyeliner a little more on the thick side. (sighs) Teenage suicides. (sighs) That's hard. I feel like those are the most preventable things if we can. Right. Like just to let them see teenage years. Like it's just it's just a phase. (laughs) But it's all it's a phase. But it's kind of like a rite of passage, though getting through that because once you're it makes you stronger later and it's huge but teenager sucks for all of us they suck even the people who think like they have it all yes everybody struggles in their teenage years so i'm old enough to get a job in colorado now but i'm not driving quite yet there's an ice cream shop in downtown loveland oh she's from loveland i know there's so many things she says she moved north okay she's in loveland that makes sense okay there's an ice cream shop in downtown loveland my mom says i can work there a couple of nights one of her friends is the owner oh and she said i can have the job as long as it doesn't affect my schoolwork i'm excited to make my own cash Aren't they all? My yes. daughter would have a job already if she knew it gave oh, her yeah. money. <laughs> Both of my kids were like, yes, I was the same way at 16. Yeah. Spring break is my first shift. In the area, mostly further east and north of our town, there have been weird happenings. There seems to be a random shooter on the loose. Oh, my God. I remember this. That's not good. People have been shot at while getting out at a park and ride while riding their bike and just other random walking into work. A drive-by shooter. Okay. I feel like I kind of remember this too. This is like bringing me back. Thanks, Jenna. I have heard it on the news and my mom seems a little worried, but I am a teenager and I've seen so much already. I'm just not going to let it get to me. I'm starting my first shift. I arrive at work and the girl working with me mentions that someone was shot at in Loveland today. Yeah, It happened in downtown area. But over in the residential part, not the business district where we are at. Seems a little close for comfort, but I'm okay. I'm inside the ice cream shop and my mom will pick me up right out front when my shift is done. Business as usual for me. I make my $9 per hour and I call it a day. Go out back. 
<laughs> right? Not out front. <laughs> the next morning, I wake up and hear that someone was shot and killed literally three blocks away from where I was working. Ugh. A man 65 years old just walking home is targeted and killed. No Aww. real motive. They think it's connected to the other shootings and that there's a serial shooter on the loose. Life is scary again. My mom doesn't want me working in downtown Loveland anymore. She drives me to and from school now instead of letting me ride my bike. Sadly, you know, that's what mommy's got to do to take care of their children sometimes. Why do these criminals get to have such a grip on my life? Yeah. Shaping it in ways you don't even realize. Trauma is manifesting and getting tucked away in the back of my mind. Hmm. In case you're wondering, this guy was eventually caught. He was connected to several murders and he's locked away for like 40 years now. Loveland is supposedly safe again. Supposedly. I make it through high school, surprisingly, with no more (laughs) true crime that I am aware of in my immediate vicinity. Maybe the universe decided it's time to give me a break. I am going through high school after all. (laughs) I mean, come on. That's enough for anyone to handle at one time. Yeah. (laughs) 2019 is a time, senior prom, senior pictures, graduation oh, parties, young. college admissions. She's yeah. young. I mean, yeah, she's a little she bit was older 12 than, at the movie. Okay. Yeah, she's a little bit older than my oldest. Okay. my oldest graduated in 2020. I am accepted to CSU and I can't <gasps> wait to move Yay. into the dorms and out on my own. How exciting. Unfortunately, it'd be short-lived as COVID popped up to say oh, hello just COVID. a year later. <laughs> oh, fuck. Gosh darn it. I'm sorry. I find myself living back in my mom's house, not quite the college life I dreamt. Yeah. My daughter had to start kindergarten in COVID year, so firsts for everyone ruined. I think we are all traumatized from COVID. So she says, I'm still living with my mom. We keep thinking COVID's over, but another wave just shows up to push us all back down. I remember this, like they kept kids home from college and well, they kept everybody home. I find it easier to stay at my mom's house and commute to school for the hybrid schedule I am on. I have a boyfriend now and my mom is fine with him basically living with us. Oh, well, that's nice. nice. mom. Yeah. We take over the second floor of the house. We have some renters living next door. There are always so many cars around. It seems there are a few families living together, which is no big deal. The houses in this neighborhood can handle it. I know some of our more, shall we say, conservative neighbors are not okay with it, but whatever. Screw you. I mean, the cost of rent. And have you ever come here? Yeah. Just any of you who live in other states and I don't know if you pay anything less than like $2,000, $2,000, come look at what it costs to live here. It's insane. No. So you need five families to afford it is what it's I'm ridiculous. saying. So fuck those neighbors who right. are looking down their nose at these people. I don't even know what's going to happen, but I'm already on their side. <laughs> We're already mad. Damn it. <laughs> okay. So back to Jenna. I've seen a few of the kids out in the front yard or walking to the bus. It reminds me of when my brother and I lived with my aunt and cousins for a while. I think they're probably also in transition, a product of divorce standard for our times. It is. But you know what? It's because people don't want to deal with bullshit anymore. My boyfriend and I are startled out of bed in the middle of the night. There's a loud noise sounded like a gunshot right next to our window. No. I bolt straight up in the bed and then completely freeze with fright. I didn't know where to go, what to do. I think I peed myself a little, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't done that yet, but I know it's going to happen. I know that feeling, girl. (laughs) My boyfriend and I hear many people outside the window talking, some screaming. Obviously, something is going down next door. I look at my phone. It's 3.30 a.m. He says we should get down on the ground away from the windows just in case more is about to happen. I am too scared, honestly, to even think about calling 911. I wonder where my mom is, but I can't bring myself to do anything. My boyfriend scoots over to the window and he peeks out. He sees the teenage kids out in the front yard with a man we have seen before, probably their dad, and another person is laying on the ground. Oh, no. 
It doesn't appear that any more danger is present, so we get up and head downstairs. My mom is awake and coming out of her room. We are all in a state of panic. It feels like it's been an hour now since we heard the gunshot. We hear sirens and sea lights through the front windows of the house. None of us are going back to bed tonight. We didn't really know the neighbors and we aren't the type to pry, but we did see CSI vans over at the house the next morning and it was taped off as a criminal scene. It was surreal. Yeah. We find out through the news reports that there was a custody dispute between the man who lived in the house next door with his teenage children and his ex-wife. She threatened him with a gun. He wrangled it away from her. During the dispute, she was fatally shot. So the kids witnessed all of this. So tragic. I want to reach out and hug these kids when I find out. Yeah. I am in school for psychology. I know how much this will affect them for the rest of their lives. And I wonder how they are doing now. But then my own intrusive thoughts join in. And of course, they make it all about me. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Everything's about us. It is our world. It's like the crimes just keep getting closer and closer to me. Does this mean it will eventually involve me? Yeah, you just have to write books. Is this a final destination situation? (laughs) No, it's giving you content. Should I go live in a cabin somewhere all alone until the crime magnet finds its way to my life? I don't want anyone else involved. Yes, and then a book will be written. (laughs) Anyways, that was two years ago. I have been in Utah and I don't have any more happenings to report, but I always wonder what is lurking around the corner. I'm still very much in touch with my emo girl side, too, by the way. All of these occurrences just keep me. It never goes away. (laughs) She said, all of these occurrences just keep me in the phase forever. (laughs) I completely relate when you girls talk about Evanescence and the U's. In closing, I just wanted to say thank you for bringing this podcast to us. Yay. I really appreciate how you both approach the stories you have done, spending time talking about the victims, and even taking the unpopular opinion in certain cases. We always will. We have to. As someone who is literally psychoanalyzing things every day, I think it is important to challenge the popular narrative. You have to. Your podcast brings exciting new topics every week, and you now have a devoted fan. Keep up the great work, ladies. Thank you, Jenna. Oh, that was so good. Thank you, Jenna. That was awesome. Well, not awesome. A lot of connections for sure, and I hope that whatever's following you around is done. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Jenna. Keep listening. All right, I am next. So I chose this one because it says, or the title is Santa Fe Creeper or two. So it says, hello, hello, hola. My name is Alejandro. I was born in Chihuahua, Mexico and grew up in Albuquerque. I really love your podcast. Every episode so far has been great. I love all the different topics you cover. Some of them I probably would never look or listen into otherwise. Same. (laughs) I'm learning new things. Keep it up. Kendra, the way you talk and your sense of humor reminds me of my sister. But Jessica, it is cool listening to your references back to New Mexico. You don't hear that every day. So it's neat when you sprinkle that in here and there. (laughs) So I have a creepy story for you. We like creepy. I hope you like it. It still haunts me to this day. Think The Strangers. Fucked up movie. That is the scariest movie I have ever seen. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen The Strangers? It's with Liv Tyler and Scott Speedsman. No. Worst nightmare. You're alone in a house and there's really fucked up people outside messing with you and they end up killing you. So Sounds great. Yeah. It's really scary because that movie, they make it seem like just so real. So he says, well, my friends and I had a similar experience. Oh, no. Okay. Minus being tied to chairs and huge knives in our guts. Ouch. Because that's how it ends. Sorry. Spoiler. Spoiler (laughs) alert. 
Sorry for the image, but for a while there, we were scared that might happen to us. Other than my name, names were changed for the purpose of telling this story. I'm not really in touch with any of them anymore and do not have their permission. It was an awesome day up to that point. I drove up on a Saturday to Santa Fe with two friends, Juan and Andrew, and we went to a pool party at a hotel. That sounds fun. There was a DJ, lots of people. It wasn't too hot. It was a perfect summer day. We had a blast and had quite a bit to drink. (laughs) A lot. We had a lot to drink. (laughs) Be honest. We had an Airbnb, one, so we weren't driving drunk all the way back to Albuquerque, and two, to have somewhere we could continue the party. Mm -hmm. We were in our mid-20s, so no judging. No judgment here. We were getting tired around 9.30, 10 p.m. that night, all day in the sun, drinking all day. We needed some food. We had made friends with another group there that day and invited them back to the house to hang out. Two guys and three girls. Four of them were visiting from England. We ordered some pizza and we had 20 minutes to rush to the house to beat the pizza delivery person. (laughs) And we did by only a few minutes. We all ate way too much, got some music going, and the party started again, and we were prepared. Okay. I admit the music was pretty loud. We were numb to it. We started to play a game of beer pong. Pretty sure our Airbnb host wasn't expecting what we were planning to do in the house, but we did clean up everything the next day. We're not monsters. (laughs) So several of us are playing the game while a few of us were chatting around the kitchen island. All of a sudden, we hear a big bang on the front door. Three huge knocks. Bang, bang, bang. It took me a second to realize what it was, and Andrew turned down the music. Someone asked, was that the door? We all just stood there frozen for a moment, not sure what to do. Scared that we pissed off some neighbors and that the owner would find out what we were doing. Finally, Juan quietly walked up to the door and looked out the peephole. No one was there. He told us and slowly opened the door and peeked out. Then he opened the door all the way and walked out onto the porch. It was lit up pretty well, but past that, it was pure darkness. Mm. We were kind of off the beaten path where we were staying and houses weren't right next to each other. They were all expensive stucco New Mexico mini mansions. He was out there for a minute and said, hey, who's out there? No one answered. Then he came back in, locked the door, but we were all a bit spooked for a second. Mm -hmm. Eric, one of the travelers, said that they should get going. They had come over in an Uber, so he got one ordered, and we spent our time exchanging details and pleasantries until their ride showed up. Once it got there, we all walked them out, all still a little uneasy, wanted to make sure that our new friends got in their car safely. I was crushing a little bit on one of the girls. (laughs) Let's call her Melanie. Okay. It sucked to say goodbye so soon. They were heading somewhere else the next day, little American road trip with a friend from Texas that had studied abroad. That makes sense. I'm like, why show up in Albuquerque, guys? <laughs> yeah, why would you choose that? There's You're so from the UK. many other places it's just, to go. It's just on the way to the Grand Canyon or <laughs> okay. something. I don't know. We kept in touch for a couple of years after this as much as we could, but eventually we became nothing more than Facebook friends. Missed connection. If only is all I will say. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> He's still he pining liked, for Melanie. He liked Melanie. She had a British accent. Of course he liked her. Of course. I mean, I mean, I would like maybe turn gay for a British accent. It's funny. So many people say that they don't like British accents. I love them. I like accents in general. So they left and it was just the three of us. We were wired and tired. But Andrew, the most rambunctious of the three of us, wasn't ready to call it a night. So he challenged me to another round of beer pong. Okay. We did rent this house to have fun after all. Yeah, who wants to go to bed? <laughs> Juan pulled out a doobie so we could all start to chill out in another way. 
We made sure to step out onto the back with it. We didn't need to be charged for the house smelling like weed. Yeah. (laughs) While we were out there on the back patio, I swear I heard something in the far back right corner of the yard. Sounded like it was moving around behind some of the bushes. A coyote, maybe a fox. I let it go after that and I didn't hear it again. So we went inside. Music went back on. Different music this time. That's kind of what happens once you smoke weed. (laughs) Now they're like reggae. (laughs) (laughs) And we just let ourselves sink into the couch. At some point, Juan got hungry again and got up to heat up some pizza. Andrew and I were talking about the pretty girl I liked. The Mm -hmm. other girl was married to one of the travelers, so interest in her was off limits, even though she was pretty too and pretty cool. After a while, we both noticed that Juan never came back and sat back down. Oh. I looked toward the kitchen and he wasn't standing there, so I figured he went to the bathroom. But after another 10 minutes or so, thought that maybe he stumbled off to one of the rooms to pass out. But just to make sure, I got up and I went down the hallway to look for him. We hadn't chosen rooms yet, and I was going to be pissed if he chose the master bedroom because <laughs> I paid for this place. He's like, I'm <laughs> rushing in now. It's mine. He wasn't in the first room or the second room. Next was the master bedroom. I was about to go smack him awake and make him move, but he wasn't there either. Uh-oh. I went back to the living room, asked Andrew if he saw Juan. He hadn't, but there was one room I hadn't checked. There was a strange lonesome room on the other side of the house down the hallway through the kitchen that also led to the garage. Okay. It clicked then that I should have thought of that room first since he was in the kitchen first and neither of us remembered seeing him walk past us to go down the main hallway. Andrew got up to go check out the other side of the house with me. We walked all the way down the hallway and opened the door to the room. He wasn't in there. Whoa. The only place left was the garage. We opened the door to the garage and boom, there he was. Standing in the middle of the garage, facing the garage door. I said something like, what the fuck, Juan? Yeah. (laughs) We've been looking everywhere for you. At first, he didn't respond and finally looked at us quickly and motioned for us to be quiet and listen. We quietly stepped down into the garage and toward Juan. He was concentrating on hearing something. Uh Uh-oh. We tried to, but we didn't hear anything. I asked what it was, and again, he didn't answer for like 10 seconds. Finally, I smack him on the shoulder and ask him what the fuck was up. He turned and somewhat whispered when he said... I was going to go lay down and I heard knocking coming from in here. Ooh. Staring at the garage door again, he said, then I came in here. I didn't see anything. And then someone smacked their hand on the window. Oh, shit. He was referring to the little windows in the garage door. Yeah. Someone was outside. Someone was there. After the loud bangs on the door, knockings, and now a hand. What the fuck was this night turning into? A horror movie? Literally. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> this is my worst nightmare about any Airbnb. Thank you guys for sharing this. <laughs> no Airbnbs. This guy like brought you there to murder I friend, you. I have a friend who has a lot of Airbnbs and I'm like, I'm not talking about you, but everybody else. <laughs> yeah. They've got cameras. They're watching. They're just right, wanting to exactly. kill you. Exactly. I convinced him to leave the garage and we went inside and made sure all of the windows and doors were locked. It took a while, but we felt confident that no one was getting in without making a lot of noise doing so. Finally, we were all ready to go to sleep. We chose the main three rooms and headed off to bed. I desperately needed a shower. I was sweaty all day, all day drinking pizza weed. I felt disgusting. (laughs) You sound disgusting. I'm kidding. (laughs) I jumped in the shower. When I came out, I heard Andrew and Juan talking outside of my door. I opened it and they both rushed in. Juan said that he heard someone outside of his window. Oh, fuck. He could hear something push up against the window. It creaked with the pressure. And Andrew heard something outside of his window. Something similar, but like little taps on the glass. It was official. The house was haunted, I decided. (laughs) No, you just got a weirdo. (laughs) But smart ass Juan said, then why is it all coming from outside? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a human. 
I didn't want it to be true. I was in denial. No way were we being bullied by a creeper outside. We were three grown men, right? (laughs) Or at least we wanted to believe that at the time. But why us? Without thinking, I started getting dressed. I was planning on curling up in my nice huge bed, but that wasn't going to happen. Just as I was sticking on my second shoe, loud knocks on my window. Fuck. We all jumped and I screamed like a child. Uh, yeah. More from shock than fear, but I felt ridiculously stupid after whoever it was now knew we heard them and that we were scared. Oh, fucking idiot. This is what they wanted. We stood there for a minute. I thought about pulling back the curtain and confronting this person, but I really did not want to do that. He pulls back the curtain. <laughs> it's like a 12 year old girl. Like, ha ha ha. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just bored. Now that's scary. <laughs> no, she's just bored and fucking with these guys. <laughs> Then from the other side of the window, we heard a muffled, hello. Ooh. I don't know. Maybe that's what he said. Maybe it was the girl. Hello. 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 <laughs> I just want to play. You open the window and there's a Chucky doll standing there. And the bride, whatever that doll was. <laughs> right? Yeah. I stopped watching after certain <laughs> They got so bad. <laughs> but then nothing. We went out into the hallway and Andrew said that we needed to call the cops. We were all for it to stop this nonsense. And then Juan remembered that we left weed in a cup on the back porch. Oh, no. Weed was not legal yet. And none of us were wanting to go to jail for that. Oh, fuck no. And we're Mexican. We quickly decided that cops weren't an option. It was almost 4 a.m. at this point. So instead of that, we decided that we would just hang out in the living room until the sun came up. And then we leave or realize that he left because he can't attack us in daylight, right? I know. Stupid thing to say. You can be hurt any time of the day, but that's what we told ourselves. We all tell ourselves that when creepy stuff's (laughs) happening in the night. So we grabbed blankets and got comfortable so we could lay on the couch and armchair. Thankfully, the couch had two reclining seats, so we were all equally comfortable as we could be. I fell asleep. I'm not sure if they did, but we were all loudly alarmed by banging on the patio door. Oh, God. I said, fuck it. And I called the cops. (laughs) (laughs) It took them 20 minutes, but I had never been so happy to see the 505 in my life. Nice. (laughs) We did a quick clean before they got there and got most party-like things into the trash. We gave up on the doobie outside and just prayed that they didn't see it. That's not what they're there for. They searched the house and outside. They didn't find anything or anyone but agreed to let us leave so that we didn't have to be there. They had to contact the home's owner and tell them what happened, which I won't lie, was somewhat embarrassing. The three of us being so scared that we had to call the cops. Right. We felt real manly. (laughs) One of the cops stayed with us while we packed our stuff quickly. We weren't too unpacked and he went outside with us and watched us drive away. We went to a restaurant for some breakfast to soak up what was left of the alcohol in our system before driving back to the Burke, which is short for Albuquerque. Ah, I got it. It felt like the longest drive ever. I dropped my buddies off at their place, got home and passed out for the rest of the day. Yeah, you're traumatized. When I woke up, I called the homeowner and apologized for the weed on her porch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We shouldn't have done that and asked for her to forgive us. She laughed and said that it was fine and that she partook as well. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. Phew. Two days later, I got a call back from her. She had a cleaning company that cleans her homes and she had an interesting report back from them. Oh. She asked them to clean up outside and walk the perimeter. She must have not told them why, because if I was a cleaner, I don't think I would want to walk around outside knowing what had happened. They told her that her flowers were stepped on outside of two windows. Oh, no. And they found handprints on the glass outside of the two smaller bedroom windows. Creepy. They also found a long, thin wire outside of the patio door under the table. Mm. 
Someone was trying to get in. On the garage door, they found in some kind of white chalk a big axe in one of the panels. Weird. Right? Thin wire, though. That makes me think of like, what do they call those? Garroted? I was thinking of like what you use to like get into But that's car houses. doors. Is that houses? No, that's car doors. They get them into hotel rooms and such. That's, yeah, but that's, that's where been under went. a door. But it was outside the patio. I don't know why, but I'm going back to John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> Isn't that called a garroted where it's a metal wire oh, that you like use to, to chalk somebody? somebody? Oh. To chalk somebody? To choke somebody? Oh. What is so that, that called? Kinda, I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Garrot. Garrot. A garrot is a weapon, usually a handheld length of chain, rope, scarf, wire, or fishing line used to strangle a person. You know what I'm thinking is carotid artery. Yeah, that makes more sense. like garroted because you'd squish the carotid artery. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, he says, we were chosen. Was the house chosen? Something. What was the X for? Some kind of mark to tell others to go to that house? Was this the Manson family? Were we going to be strangled? I still have nightmares sometimes. After the handprints and the other things that were found, the homeowner did report it and confirmed our story. Yeah. Someone was outside of the house that night. She let us know in case we need to be questioned again, but we never heard from anyone. So either it was a dead end or they never actually did anything with it. Wow. Either way, I'm just glad I didn't end up like Scott Speedsman. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. And even though the lady who owned the house was nice, no more Airbnbs for me. Nope. I hear other horror stories about owners of the home being the creepers. All women think of that. Right. In the shower or like, where's the camera? Exactly. Just best to get a hotel from here on out. That's all for me. I hope you enjoyed it. I didn't, but hopefully my story <laughs> helps. We enjoyed your pain. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Alejandro. <laughs> but hopefully my story helps others be more aware of their surroundings when staying at other places and when in doubt, call the cops. I mostly dislike them too, but better safe than sorry. Who knows? Maybe they were what scared him off. Could have been. Maybe we actually saved our own lives by calling. Maybe there were two of them. How else did both of my buddies hear similar things about the same time? Because technically their windows were on opposite sides of the house. Makes sense. So, yeah. Stay lucid. Don't get murdered. Adios. (laughs) Adios. Wow. (laughs) Definitely makes me rethink Airbnbs, especially ones out in the middle of nowhere. I've always been creeped out by those. I did stay in one in Vermont because it was the only, they didn't have hotels. And we were out in the middle of nowhere. We were fortunately close to a main road, but it definitely freaked me out. And it was supposed to be a haunted place, right? That's where you were at? No, this was a brand new cabin. So this was the one place we didn't stay in the 1800s plus. Oh, okay. 1800s farmhouse or whatever. This one was kind of out by itself on the way to Montpelier. It ended up being fine. Obviously, we're alive today, but definitely gave me pause when I pulled Mm -hmm. up and I'm like, this didn't look like the picture. I didn't realize (laughs) I was this isolated with me and two kids. Well, thank you, Alejandro. That's thank scary. you, and, and a lot of nostalgia in that, though. For you, yeah, definitely. Because I used to go to. Well, there used to be casinos that had pool parties. Oh, that's cool. You know, like during the day and stuff, and they had DJs, and that brings back memories with my very dear friend Lana, who I love and lives in Canada now, and I haven't seen her in forever. Hi, Lana. <laughs> Hopefully, you're listening. Okay, well, I'm going to take us in a different direction for right. the next one I'm reading. This one is titled End of Life Reports. Oh, here we go. Hey, guys, it's Lisa, and I am listening to Lucid Lab. Lisa. (laughs) from Lucid Lab. She started it just like us. (laughs) Sorry, just had to do it. (laughs) I make no claim to being a writer, but I am so enjoying your podcast that I just wanted to write in and tell you some of my stories. Okay. I live in a small town in Ohio that I won't mention because it's so small. (laughs) I commute into a larger city nearby for work, and you two keep me occupied while making that drive three times per week. 
Oh, good. You're going to run out, damn it. Stay, <laughs> stay. We'll, we'll have more. <laughs> I am also a single mom in my 30s trying to make everything happen between Aww. kids, work, and trying to have a personal life. So I relate to both of you in many ways. Oh, yeah. It is refreshing to find a podcast hosted by women that I see myself being friends with. Yay. If any of us ever actually had the time to hang out between all of the other <laughs> exactly. things going on. We hear you there, Lisa. Time's limited. I found your podcast because it popped up as a recommendation based on some of the other shows I followed on a regular basis. Oh, that's I good to know. I'm glad to hear that. I like that you weren't just true crime or paranormal and that you even mixed in a little whatever you like in there. Whatever we want to do. <laughs> I love guessing where you two will go next. I am now completely caught up and awaiting Tuesdays when the new episodes come out. Okay, good. Don't go. <laughs> don't, don't leave. We'll, we're here forever. I have to say, and I'm sure you've heard this already, I do love listening to your podcast because it has no commercials. I have no reason to fast forward anything of your content, so I don't miss a beat. I know you probably can't promise that you will never have commercials. No, we can't because we're just not big enough to be able to do it. You we have are to poor. Like, you have to have so many downloads or something before you yeah. can do that. And then don't shoot us. I mean, it gives us a little bit of income because we have to pay for all the services we're using. Yeah. And right now that's out of our pocket. We're glad you enjoy no commercials, but I'm glad you also understand we can't promise that because it is part of the podcasting. And what? They last a second. Yeah. And you can fast forward. We'll make sure they're interesting commercials. Okay. When I listened to your episode on near-death experiences, I felt called to write in. I have been working over 15 years now as a hospice nurse. It's a very hard, but also very rewarding field to work in. Yeah. I know that may surprise people, but I get to watch humans exit this world onto the next chapter of their life. And with that comes many experiences you just cannot even put into words. And you're the last person to really be with them. with them. Yeah. It has completely changed my outlook on life and what comes after this existence. Mm. I would not call myself a religious person. I grew up in the Methodist church, but like many others, I've fallen away as the ideas taught in Sunday school just don't really vibe with what I believe in anymore. Nope. I do strongly and adamantly believe that this is not our only part of existence, though, after what I have seen and heard over the years. I won't go into my entire philosophy on what I believe happens when we die, but I think it can be very peaceful and welcoming, but I've also seen it as a very harsh and scary experience. Yeah. Fortunately, I can share the news with you all that based on my experience as a hospice nurse, I would say 80% or more seem to welcome death and transition to a better state. But there are those others that do seem frightened and they really give you pause. So I just want to share a few examples because you specifically asked for some stories and I'm happy to oblige. Thank you. <laughs> All of the names will be changed to protect family members and honestly keep me out of trouble with the law. Okay. Nobody needs that. <laughs> no. These aren't really what I would call near-death experiences because people in hospice care have DNR. So when they right. clinically die, we don't have the chance to bring them back and hear their full story. We only catch a glimpse as they pass on. Mm. The first story I have that has never left me happened when I was early in my career. I was caring for a 75-year-old woman. Let's call her Jane. Jane was in advanced stages of lung cancer that had metastasized to her liver, pancreas, and bones. She was being kept as comfortable as possible with pain meds until she passed. She had one son and his wife that visited her quite often in the hospice center. They would read to her, show her pictures of family, and talk about the good old days with her. Aww. She had been married two times, but she was single when she came into hospice, so no husband, just her son. In talking with her, I came to find out that she had a daughter named Stacy. Stacy had died in her 20s. She got mixed up with the wrong guy. It sounds like he did a real number on her. Maybe there was cheating involved. Just mm -hmm. an overall not good guy. He left Stacy during Christmas one year. He said it was for good this time. I guess they had one of those 
off and on type of relationships. Right. Stacy had fallen into a deep depression and she decided to fill the hole that she had of missing her boyfriend with alcohol and some sleeping pills. Mm. No one knows if she did it on purpose or accident, but Jane was the one that found her daughter in her apartment literally days before Christmas. Oh, no. Jane never recovered from the heartbreak. I mean, how would you? Yeah. Living without her sweet daughter, Stacy, was harder than any person could ever imagine. So here she is now lying at death's door, and she kept speaking about how she really wasn't afraid of dying, that she believed she would finally be able to see her beloved daughter again. That like literally made me cry because I'm thinking about my kid. Just one week before she passed, Jane began having moments where she genuinely seemed excited about leaving the earth. She would be sleeping most of the days due to the meds, but she would wake up and have like one to two hours per day where she would talk like she was about to go on a trip. Oh, they're visiting her. (laughs) She smiled when seeing her son and telling him and his wife not to worry about her, that they shouldn't grieve for her when she was gone because she would be with Stacy in a better place. In the days before she would eventually pass, she spent most time asleep. We wanted to keep her out of pain. I came in to check on her on what would be my last time to see Jane alive. She was lucid as I checked her vitals and adjusted her meds. She looked at me with the most wistful eyes and told me that Stacy was there. She said, Stacy's sitting in the chair in the corner and we're having the most remarkable conversation. Stacy was telling her what it would be like in the next life and how much she missed seeing her mother. I figured at this point, it's very early in my career. I haven't seen much of this. And Jane is on some very high doses of meds. I told her that I was leaving for the night and I would be back the next afternoon to see her. She looked at me point blank and said, thank you, dear, for all you've done for me. I won't be here tomorrow when you come back. (sighs) Stacy said I'm going with her tonight and I can't wait. (laughs) And sure enough, the next day when I came in, I found out that Jane had coded just three hours after I left for the night. Mm. I want to believe she is somewhere warm, cozy and with her daughter now. What a way to leave. I know. You know? Like, <laughs> so sweet. She comes and gets her and she knows it. And I mean, you hear that. They know who's waiting for them and they're they just do. waiting. Stories like Jane's, and there would be many others like this in my career, truly give me hope that death is not the end. Over the years, I have heard from patients that they are seeing departed loved ones, whether it be a lost child, a late husband, their parents. It ranges all over, but it's a common phenomenon for hospice care workers to hear these kinds of stories. Mm, yeah. But I can't share the light without the dark. There is dark. I do want to tell another story. It may be a little more disturbing. I had a man in his 60s. Let's call him Frank. That's not very old. Frank came into hospice care with liver failure. Seemed like he had lived a pretty hard and crazy life. He was in his 60s, as I said. So not really that old, but he had struggled with alcohol and drugs for most of his life. He also didn't seem to have many close friends or family to come visit him, which was a little sad. He had one niece listed as his closest of kin. And we would call her to provide updates. But I only saw her come into the center one time to pay a visit to Frank. Mm. Perhaps she said her goodbyes then and didn't have much else to say. Frank could be a lot to handle as a patient. Frank went from being a rough around the edges, talk all the time kind of guy to a real reserved, almost scared shell Mm. of himself about two days before he passed. He began telling stories of paranoid thoughts of people coming to get him. Oh, no. He told one nurse that a man dressed in black with a tall hat showed up in his room one night and told him his time was about over. He said the man had red glowing eyes. Scared him. He asked nurses to stay and talk with him when they could. He didn't want to be alone. Oh, no, that's sad. We called his niece to come in and sit with him, but she was busy with work and honestly just told us to give her a call when he died. 
poor guy obviously didn't foster that relationship as she would not even come see him when he was on death's door. She's just kind of agreed to handle his after stuff. Who knows his story? That's the thing. Hospice nurses don't know these people's stories. No, I mean, he could have been the worst of worst people. But it's hard and you're in moments. Because you see the vulnerable. Yeah, he's scared. He's so scared right now. The last night I saw Frank, he was in quite an irritated state. His eyes were full of genuine fright, and he told me he didn't want to die. Mm-hmm. As I was speaking with him, trying to calm his nerve, holding his hand, the things we're trained to do as a nurse, he stopped talking and stared straight into the corner of the room by the window. His face turned white, and he started mumbling. No, not yet. I asked him who he was talking to. He looked at me, and he said, don't you see it? It's right there. And I was like, what? I don't see anything. He said, there's a huge dog just sitting there. Dog? A dog growling at me. (gasps) He's all black. He has red eyes. No. Now, I don't know what you all believe, but I have heard stories of what they call hellhounds. I don't want to believe there's hell. I believe there's a purgatory. What were we talking about that one time? Like being in the dark. Like you have to get through that to get to the light place or something. Who knows? I mean, there's so many levels of everything. Maybe there is a hell round. I gave Frank some more morphine and it seemed to calm him slightly, but he did not move his gaze from the corner of the room. Just one hour later, we would be called to Frank's room as he coded and passed away. Oh, no. I never want to believe in hell or being punished for the life we lived, but yeah. this story with Frank really gives me pause. Honestly, this experience haunts me to this day. So the final story I want to share, and perhaps I will write in again because I literally have dozens of stories. Okay. Yes. Please, please. (laughs) Please, Lisa, write in again. So I want to tell you about Marnie. She was a young woman. She was only 35 years old. She entered into hospice after a long battle with melanoma that had spread into her brain and her bones. There was nothing more that could be done. She had been married to her college sweetheart, and he was there by her side every day. Oh, They had no children because she had been battling for the last few years and it just wasn't in the cards for them. What they did have was a very sweet love for each other. I could tell her husband adored her and would not be okay without her by his side. Watching young people approach death is a very bittersweet experience. Here was a woman so full of life with so many plans for her future and it was being taken away unjustly. She was one of the more popular patients. She had many visitors and she was just a sweet, sweet soul to all of the nurses. We did all we could to comfort her. We would do her makeup and hair before her husband came to visit, try to make her feel as beautiful as possible. As she approached the final days of her life, she began speaking about a cat that was roaming around the center. She asked me if we had cats that came in to see the patients. Now, I wish this was a service we offered because... It seems like a great way to comfort, but it was not at the time. Okay. She mentioned a sweet little gray tabby cat that would curl up by her side every night. She said Mm. it reminded her of a cat she had when she was a young girl, a cat named Tabitha. Oh. But Tabitha had passed away when she was six years old from feline leukemia. Oh. One night when I came in to check on Marnie, she pulled back her sheet to show me her kitty, Tabitha. (gasps) But nothing was there that I could see. I pretended that I saw a cat. Who am I to argue with this dying woman? Yeah. She told me that Tabitha made her feel more safe and serene almost about the thought of death. It would be just a few days later that Marnie would pass peacefully with her eyes closed, surrounded by her husband and parents holding her hand, telling her it was okay to go. I think the cat that showed up was her childhood feline friend coming to welcome her into the afterlife. I have more stories of animals showing up for patients as well. And it is one of my favorite experiences that I've seen for the dying. 
they do say, you know, spirit guides or ancestors will present themselves in animal form to us. Right. And so it might have not been her actual feline cat buddy. It was just but one that reminded her. It been an ancestor or her spirit like coming to comfort her in her last moments because that's where they knew at one point she was very happy. Well, we remember that in our NDE episode. We talked about, especially for children. I mean, she's not a child. She was a 35-year-old woman. It, obviously, she said it made her feel safe having right. that cat curled up next they to her. They knew it. They yeah. knew she needed that because she wasn't with her husband all the time anymore. He had to be a visitor instead of right. with her all the time. She needed that extra comfort. That's sweet. If I ever end up in a place like that, I hope I, I have a, a cat. kitty cat. I'm going to stop there with those three stories. And I hope that these can be shared in an upcoming lab reports episode. Here you are. And now I'm all emotional. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear my name on the podcast while driving to or from work. Okay, Lisa, here's your name. Please, please keep the episodes coming. You are a shining light in my weekly drive. Yay. Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for those stories. I've been hoping we would get some kind of near-death experiences. So as soon as I saw this in our inbox, I'm like, we're reading this one. I relate to you. When I worked in this retirement home just in a year, men and women that I became very close with because I was just... I was the girl that was always around them. Very nice. I'd give them a moment and then I'd come back and they'd be dead. In just a year, I lost probably 12. And that's a hard thing. That's the first loss I ever had as a human. You telling your stories and really having more of an intimate relationship with them. It gets me in my feels because they're so sweet. So Lisa, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. So this one's called Aliens Like Playgrounds 2. Okay. Dear Lucid Ladies, I hope you're having a lovely day, week, month, year. We are. Getting there. (laughs) My name is Amber Ray. Hi, Amber. Or is it? I changed (laughs) my name slightly (laughs) and Amber Ray sounded so cute and it's close to my real name. So take a guess. You do you. Nice to meet you. I was so happy to find your podcast. I'm all caught up on the other podcasts I've listened to for years and having your podcast to add to my week is awesome. You're new, but you've been consistent, so I was excited to give you a try, and I love you. Thank you. I'll admit, I came across your podcast a couple of months ago. I saved a TikTok of yours, and I didn't listen to it until a couple of weeks ago <laughs> when I was all out of new episodes to listen to. Thank We've you all been there. for the binge. Yeah. Thanks for I'm binging. hooked. I appreciate all the details you give, and I love your back and forth with each other. I've thought about writing into different podcasts with this story for years, but I know there is just an inundation of stories for these bigger podcasts to go through. It would probably never be read, so I never did it. But I'm hoping because you haven't been around for too long, maybe my story will break through. Fingers crossed. Ding, ding, ding. I am 99% positive I had an experience with aliens. Ooh. 1% chance I'm delusional and it never happened. (laughs) We're going to go with your 99%. (laughs) Yeah. We believe you. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. It was a brisk, cloudy November day. It was the early evening and I was heading to visit my friend in Holland, which isn't too far, but is a nice change from the city. I love the downtown area. If you come to Michigan, I definitely suggest checking out Holland. From what I can tell from getting to know the both of you in this quick time, I think you would love it for a visit. Okay. The parks, the beaches, the restaurants, it's great. Just don't stay too long because it's very Christian. Oh, okay. Maybe not <laughs> But there great. are lots to do and it's beautiful. My own Christian views have changed over the years and I love how open you are with your discussions regarding religion and spirituality. 
Thank you. I love this. We're building this community of like ex-Christian But it's also like not against religion. No, we're not. It's just openness. We don't hate it. We're just like, it's too suffocating. Yeah, it is. Breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, I was driving to see my friend. I was going to stay the night. We had a fun night planned downtown and we were going to have brunch and browse shops the next day. I left around 5 p.m., The sun was setting by the time I got there, and I just remember being so happy to forget life for a couple of days and spend time with my bestie. Mm -hmm. We were roomies in college. She's the best. I tried getting her to listen to you guys. She's super busy, though, but I'm determined, so you'll have a new listener soon. Keep trying. (laughs) Like Jessica, I love clouds, and I'm always staring into the sky to see all the different kinds and shapes. It's not the safest thing while driving. I've scared myself a few times, but clouds are just crazy. And they were just crazy that day. Massive billowing clouds just everywhere you looked and the sun was setting. It was absolutely stunning. As I was driving and watching one of these big cloud formations, I saw three shadows moving inside the cloud. It took several big blinks, some eye rubbing and deep squints to confirm. But sure enough, they were there and there were three of them, one right behind the other, long, dark shadows moving between the clouds. Wow. At first I thought planes, duh. But no, why would they be so close together? They seemed too big to be smaller planes or jets, things that you would assume would be flying next to each other. And I picked up my phone and one-handed tried to zoom in and get a shot of it. I thought I did, but once I looked at it later, it was blurry. And with the shadows of the sun and the shitty phone camera, you couldn't see them. Hmm. The cloud system was big, but there was a break in the clouds coming up and I expected to see them come out of it to head into the next cloud, but they did not. They just disappeared. There. Oh, okay. So that rattled around in my brain for a little while as I tried to shift into excitement to see my friends. Yeah. I got to her house and of course the first thing I blurted out is, I just saw aliens. (laughs) (laughs) They're here. She thought I was already drunk and as she usually says when I'm being a little too special, she just said, all right, Missy, calm down. (laughs) She gave me her look, the one where she's annoyed but also loves me way too much to actually judge me. (laughs) I told her everything about it, but of course, what could I convince her of? She didn't see it and my photos sucked. Always. Photos never show anything. And then we use that to disprove people. It's like you can't catch the moon. We always go back to that or the stars. We need the cameras that people pay a thousand dollars for that sit there for an hour to take the picture. Right. We have phones. Nobody has that. We have a phone. I try to zoom in (laughs) on my kids like they're on the stage. They look like fuzzy ants. They don't even look like people. I know. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, you're not going to catch it. So we chalked it up to planes or the government doing something like they do. Weather balloons. So we changed and we went to dinner. Dinner was yummy. And we headed out to walk by the water. We walked and we chatted. And then we went brewery hopping for quite a while. I won't say when we got back to her house, but it was past our normal bedtimes. She passed out almost instantly, but I was wired. I tried to watch a show for a little bit, but I was restless and decided to go for a walk. I know what you're thinking. A drunk girl walking at night. Not a good idea. Nope. Well, I had only had a few beers and by then I felt nothing. I left her a little note in case she stumbled out for water or a snack. And don't worry, she knows I do this. So I wouldn't have alarmed her. But yes, it's not her favorite hobby of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I was listening to a podcast while walking. There are a lot of paths and parks in Holland. It's easy to walk about close to her house. I didn't venture too far. Actually, I looped a few times first to stay close on purpose. 
there were still those pesky, horrible people out there everywhere. (laughs) But it wasn't enough. So I decided to just go a little bit further. And I was walking alongside a street with a big park on one side. It was cold, but I was bundled up. It started to get a little chillier, though, and a little breeze kicked up. And I didn't feel like listening to the podcast anymore. I wasn't really paying attention. And I knew that I would have to start it all over. So I figured I would just stop then and there. But I kept walking. I do that so many times with podcasts. I do, too. It depends on how much I want to pay attention. Right. As I'm walking, I saw a really bright light quickly cover the street in front of me and disappear just a second or two later. Really, really bright. It lit up everything there for a second. I stopped in my tracks. I had a headlamp on me, but I wasn't using it because the lighting was good enough up to that point. I always keep one in my car and I grabbed it. I thought about putting it on, but it wasn't really going to do much and I didn't want to draw attention to myself. Because I'm a curious person and, well, just plain stupid, (laughs) I decided to walk towards the light. (laughs) It's a fine line. Curious, stupid, whatever. It really (laughs) fucking is. (laughs) That's how things are learned in this life. (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes they end badly. (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe someone had just had like a really crazy bright flashlight with them. It had been several minutes, though, and I didn't see it again, so I started walking. I stopped again and just stood there for a while off to the side under a streetlight looking into the dark park, deciding whether or not to continue or head back to the house. Smart thing would have been to head back. But let me remind you, I'm not the smartest in the bunch sometimes when it comes to my own safety. I could have continued along the street, but no, I decided to cross through the grass in the park and came upon another road, which was more of a side road. I could see that the road led down to a school or something. I saw big stadium lights for a football field. It was a dark road, but one of the stadium lights was on. Okay. Why? It was early morning. I don't know if there was a game or something earlier that night, and they just forgot to turn one off. It was pretty far away, so I couldn't see all of the lights. Others could have been on, but the ones right next to it weren't. And oh, did I mention that this park is surrounded by a cemetery on two sides? Well, that just adds to it. (laughs) Just some fun to add to the creepiness. (laughs) Add some character in there. But that didn't stop me. I started walking pretty slow down the road to it, ready to bolt any minute, but the stadium light was pulling me in. Here I am, sandwiched between a park, I think there was a swimming pool or something to my left, and a cemetery on my right. Okay. For all I know, I was walking with ghosts down that road. We hope so. Friendly ghosts. Yes, friendly ghost. I didn't see anything for a minute, but when I got closer to the stadium, it was then that I heard some scrambling. I realized there was a playground off to the left and it sounded like some teenage kids running about just goofing off. So I picked up my pace again and shook off the fear, totally not even thinking that it could be ghosts having some fun. (laughs) (laughs) On the (laughs) merry-go-round. But as I got closer to the playground, I saw the light again. Not bright like last time, just a quick flash bouncing about on the playground. I slowed again, stopping just before being visible. Just then, the stadium light went off. Ooh. It felt very alone at that moment. The light was comforting. I freaked out for a moment, but heard more noise on the playground. I couldn't see good enough. It was dark enough, so I walked closer and saw two people walking around on what I assumed to be like the second level of playground equipment. Mm. They were stammering back and forth, hanging off the bars and just being, again, what I thought were silly teenagers. You know, the kind who think it's actually rebellious to be at a playground at night. (laughs) (laughs) I was that teenager sometimes. I was about 50 feet away, give or take. 
I really don't know why I was so curious. I had already decided it was dumb kids. So why was I standing there like a creeper spying on kids next to a cemetery? (laughs) Creeper, creeper. The reality of that obviously did not sink in at the time, but I did it anyway. Then all of a sudden the street light in front of the park and another on the other side of it kicked on and I was illuminated. Uh Uh-oh, you've been found. It scared me shitless and I took a huge step back. The kids on the playground were also lit up. Mm. Not completely, but enough for me to see them better. And they were not kids. Oh, no. They were the size of teenagers, but they had no clothes. Oh, naked aliens. (laughs) (laughs) They were dark and lanky. I couldn't make out exact features, but they had prominent brows. They had no hair. From what I could see, they were both stopped and they were staring at me intensely. Creepy. One leaned over the railing and arched towards me, almost as if it was squinting to get a better look at me. I was frozen stiff. They looked at each other and back at me several times. (laughs) I felt like I was standing there for an hour. I was so scared. I heard no talking, no noises at all. Everything was completely, utterly silent as I stood there staring at what my mind could only conclude were aliens. Yeah, or gremlins. My heart was a mess. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. They both stood up very straight and one started walking away from the other one along the second floor plank of the equipment. They were coming for me. I felt it in every inch of my body, but I couldn't move. I couldn't even wiggle a finger. I'm watching the other one move away out of sight and the other one just standing there focused in on me felt like an eternity. Then out of nowhere, the light above me started flicking on and off really fast. Then the stadium lights came on all at once. All of them? All of them. Shit. I quickly turned my head to look at the lights, completely bewildered. Then all of them went off. Every single one of them, I was in the dark and I could see nothing anymore. No figures on the equipment. I was petrified. Then the lights came back on above me and the beings were gone. Just like that. I spun around quickly, looking all around me. I didn't see them. I couldn't hear them. They were gone or hiding (laughs) to grab me. (laughs) It was then I realized I could move and I started running as fast as I humanly could. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. I ran all the way to my friend's house without stopping. I don't know how long it took. Everything after that moment was a blur. I only remember running inside the home out of breath in a cold sweat and physically unwell. You'd think my friend would hear me run in. She didn't. She, unlike me, had more to drink and was in a good drunken sleep. If only I had a few more drinks that night, I wouldn't have wandered off in the (laughs) middle of the night and ran into aliens. But then you wouldn't have a story. (laughs) We had plans for brunch and shopping later that morning. Don't ask me how, but I managed to pull off the day as normally as I could. I saved my freak out for when I got home. I decided not to tell her. After the planes or ships in the clouds, no way. She would just think I was losing my mind. Cuckoo. I did eventually tell her. She says she believes me, but again, she didn't see them. So all she can do is be supportive. As you can imagine, it made an impact on my life. Yeah. (laughs) I changed that day. I feel marked. No other way to put it. It took a while to get back to normal. I tried to go back to work that Monday morning and I could not function I acted sick and I went home and then I called out of work for the rest of that week. Mm -hmm. I was fired a week later after they realized that I wasn't sick and it was something else. Thankfully, I found another job right away. I knew I couldn't continue on the way that I was and I wouldn't be able to pay bills and live. It doesn't feel as scary anymore, but with all this awareness of aliens all of a sudden all over the news and socials now, it's kind of surreal. Yeah. 
The interesting thing is, if I told my story to someone now, it more than likely would still be a joke. Maybe. Something in my head. But I'm glad I can tell my story now. They're out there and you never know where they'll be. Who knew aliens like playgrounds? (laughs) Who can pass up a good swing sesh? It will be an interesting next few years to see what comes from the alien hype that's going on now. Will they actually reveal themselves truly to where there is no more wondering, no more speculation? Will it finally be fact? I guess we'll see. I, for one, really don't want another close encounter. But then again, they didn't hurt me or take me. So maybe they were just curious and I surprised them. I will never know. But take it from a girl who learned the hard way. Don't take 3 a.m. strolls alongside a graveyard. Ghosts aren't the only thing to worry about. (laughs) Stay lucid, girls, and thanks for reading. That was a great story. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to respond. I'm just like imagining the all time. these. Well, I've also had a little bit of wine. I'm <laughs> just like imagining in my brain like these little aliens on like the monkey bars, <laughs> like on the swings. I mean, and, they're like, probably wondering, is this a ship? They're is like, it, this is fun. <laughs> is it missing the sides? What's happening? Yes, exactly. Really electronic. They're like, this seems so simple. Yeah, I'm having so much things. fun. <laughs> I liked that a lot. I like that a lot. Thank you so much. What was her name again? Amber Ray. Yes. Or maybe whatever her name is. AR. Well, thank you for writing. And that's our first alien story. And I like that. I love a it. Lot. She said we need to go to Holland, Holland, Michigan, Michigan. And we don't think you're crazy. And I think there's going to be a lot more stories coming out, especially now that, you know, the government has officially said that there are aliens. What if you were visiting another planet that mm-hmm. had life and you see a big park of some kind? I want to check it out. And they're like, oh, a playground. They don't this know what's interesting. A playground. What, what is like, the point of this? What yes. is this thing? It makes sense that a playground would be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Well, these are some great stories. I love them. Number three in the books. It was a good mixture of everything, too. Yeah. 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 Keep writing in the stories. We want to hear them all. Yes. No matter what. Give us your name. Don't give us your name. Write a paragraph. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Write 10 pages. We Make don't care. it up. I don't yeah. care. They're fun to read. Thank you all. If you want to send in your stories, send them to lucidlabpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And we're not going to go through everything else. Just check out our socials. Go to Patreon. We are making spooky little gift boxes yes. and stuff. But it depends on what level you're on. So we're putting effort towards that. Please it check it out. Cool. Stay lucid. Stay spooky. Bye-bye. I don't know. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I need more ways to say bye. Adios. Bye. Ayanara. Bye,